This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hi there, and welcome to the Living Local with Edible San Diego podcast. My name is Katie Stokes, and as publisher of Edible San Diego, I wanted to welcome you to a new and important conversation. San Diego County really is a global crossroads, and when you think about it, it's true all the way down to even our very own bodies. In this podcast, we're going to take this concept of we are what we eat, and we're going to unpack it together. We're going to look at what local is, how it works, why it matters. My goal is to create a conversation which is inclusive, dynamic, and one that enriches our everyday life. So I wanted to welcome you to this new conversation, Living Local with Edible San Diego, and to thank Specialty Produce for producing this podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Katie Stokes, publisher of Edible San Diego, and I'm here today with Diane Moss, managing director of Project New Village, and Belinda Ramirez, who is manager of their their community garden. Yes. And I was so glad that you guys could come in and talk to us today because this podcast is all about living local in San Diego County. And there are 3.2 million of us that, that call San Diego County home. And as I've learned just a little bit about Project New Village, I, I so wanted to share with everybody what is the work that you're doing and, and how there are lots of different definitions of home. And the, the language that we use to talk about home really matters. And I kind of wish we had an hour and a half to talk about these mm-hmm. topics today. But we'll just, we'll just begin a conversation that I hope is, is uh, an ongoing one about your work and, um, and take it from there. But, this um, this concept of home is uh, something that really relates to the the name of your project, Project New Village. So, Diane, would you tell our listeners uh, just a kind of a summary about Project New Village and what you're doing today? Sure. So, Project New Village is a small nonprofit, right? And we are community rooted in southeastern San Diego, trying to put together experiences around food that change our neighbors' relationship to to food in our area. We are big proponents of shopping local and trying to change the neighborhood food supply. Great. That's wonderful. And Belinda, tell us about what your role is with Project New Village. Yeah, so I help manage the uh, food production at Mount Hope Community Garden. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's uh, located right off of 805 on Market Street. Mm -hmm. Um, And we produce all kinds of food for uh, selling at two... Farmers markets, um, one on Tuesdays at the People's Produce uh, mar- Night Market, mm-hmm. and uh, one on Thursdays at the Lemon Grove Farmers Market. Wow, is that a little bit unusual for a community garden that you produce food to sell at a farmers market? Yes, that's I kind of so. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us just a little bit more about that. Uh, in in this way, we're kind of a, in between a community garden and a farm, an urban farm, I would say. Huh. Um, we do have individual plots, about uh, forty of them, I believe. That are rented out to local community members to use to grow whatever kinds of uh, food or herbal products that they would like to, to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, besides that, there are spaces within the garden, an orchard, some um, plots uh, that we use to grow food as an organization and then sell at the, the farmer's market. So it's a bit of a collaborative effort between these community members and Project New Village. 
That's fantastic. And at those two farmers markets that you mentioned, are there other vendors there? Yes. Uh, farmer vendors, you mean? Yes. Yes. Uh, there are at the Lemon Grove Farmers Market. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two. Two. Two right now. Great. And tell us again, what, what are the days and times of those two markets so people can, can check them out? Yeah. So the Tuesday night market, People's Produce Night Market, is from 5 to 8 p.m. on Tuesdays again. Okay. Um, that's at 5010 Market Street. And uh, Diane, you'll have to help me with the address for the Lemon Grove one. But you know, one. 2885 Lemon Grove Avenue. That's on Thursdays from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Great. So afternoon hours, so it's easier to get there after work and right. bring the kids and, and kind of spend some time. Yes. Uh-huh. That's, that's, really, that's really awesome. So I'm hearing about your, your community garden. It's, it's a kind of an urban farm. You have this enterprise with the farmer's markets. And help our listeners understand how all this feeds together in terms of the mission of Project New Village and what all you guys are trying to accomplish now. So we really got into this work to address the issue of food insecurity in our neighborhoods. We have kind of an equitable lens where we're looking at changing uh, the sources or how people can source their food by making more neighborhood-based food available for people to purchase um, and to enjoy. That's really empowering because a lot of us tend to think of food as something that we purchase, you know, something that's in a package or um, that somehow mysteriously, you know, comes together. Like a lot of people have never really thought about where our food comes from. And it's, that's part of the mission of Edible. But um, how how is it that Project New Village is really changing the world for residents in Southeast San Diego County? I, I know you guys have a campaign that's going on right now where you're developing funds to expand your mission. So tell us more. Well, we we chose this path really looking at urban agriculture because we have very few retail places where you can get good quality food. We have a lot of places where you can get junk food every day, 24 hours a day. Hmm. There's not one food establishment where you can't buy sodas and chips. Wow. So we thought we want to even that out a little bit and also have an impact on the folks in our community, the ability to make money uh, from food. Some of the things that we have in terms of assets are people who have knowledge of growing, and mm-hmm. when we have a lot of empty spaces, people have larger backyards, and then we have lots of churches with parking lots. We wanted to use these assets to build what we're calling a good food district. Good food district. Yes. So the good food district is linking the growing of food or urban agriculture with buying food, with eating better, right, in our neighborhood so that we can change folks' ability to have access to good food by using the assets that are already available to us in the neighborhood. I love that. And can you share with us some examples of the way that some of these programs and focuses have changed some people's lives that that live in your neighborhood and your community? Um, I'm thinking of what kind of crops do people want to grow? What, what, what food do they perceive as being desirable and delicious and meaningful to them. I think before we get to the food, because Belinda can talk more about the the food that we're growing and that connection, but this garden space for many represents a place of healing, Hmm. a place of looking at cultural exchange around food. 
myself, I grew up eating collard greens. You put them in a pot with water with some kind of meat, and that's the way you you eat them. Mm-hmm. But being in this garden, I've learned from others that you can stir fry, you can steam mm-hmm. it. And these are all cultural kinds of things that I had no idea that you could do with collard greens. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, I want to highlight the importance of the the place-based nature of Project New Village, of Mount Hope Community Garden. Uh, located within southeastern San Diego, uh, it being a place uh, where many people of color within San Diego live. Um, and that is that, that kind of fact is a central part and component of Mount Hope Community Garden and is reflected in the folks that come to the garden to use the space to grow food mm-hmm. um, and to those that we sell to uh, the farmer's markets. So that being said, we do grow a lot of collard greens. Um, uh, right now we're growing black-eyed peas as well. I think it's the first foray into that. So, well, yeah, go ahead. And the cactus. Yes, we planted nopales recently. Uh-huh. Um, they're growing really nicely and hopefully can be harvested soon. Um, we've got lemongrass. We've got, you know, all, the, uh, all kinds of things that are wow. um, available to people for, for eating and, you know, that are culturally appropriate. At least that's what we try to do. Mm-hmm. So. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I know it's always fun to learn about new new ingredients that actually grow locally because then you can either, you know, put a pot in your side yard and have some lemongrass or some rosemary or whatever. And then, and then it's just, uh, it makes cooking something at home that much more delicious. Like throw a sprig of rosemary in mm-hmm. your spaghetti sauce and it just tastes amazing you know just simple things like that yeah yeah and i know that you all have a a fundraising campaign going on right now and that's a that's a really essential element of any nonprofit organization but tell us a little bit more about your campaign well you need to know this is kind of a miracle for us we're Mm -hmm. a really small organization with very little staff and we've been moving and we've put in i guess what you'd call sweat equity Mm -hmm. and making these uh assets available but this nonprofit, the uh, Conservation Fund, it's a national nonprofit. We've been working with them over a couple of years now. They've come to know what our mission is, what we're trying to do, and they lend their support through. They are a nonprofit that can make loans, and through looking at our work and working with us, they gave us an incentivized match, oh. and we've got a time frame in which to make some deadlines. Wow. Yeah. So mm-hmm. October the 11th, right? We need to raise or have pledges for $100,000. Okay. Should we do that, then they will make this uh, loan money available to us almost at $600,000 so that we can buy the property where the garden is and transform that into what we're calling the Good Food District Hub. So this hub, (laughs) this is is our grand idea. And this comes from our community engagement, but also working with our professional partners and people are lending their talents Mm -hmm. to this dream. So it would be a multiple-story place. On the bottom would be kind of a small public market. Mm-hmm. We want to have a grocery store where we can have healthier food options. We don't have that currently. Mm-hmm. We also want to have healthier because these uh, entrepreneurial opportunities around food. Mm-hmm. So anything that's retail, that's lending toward healthy, we want to put it on that first floor. Second floor, we would put our offices there. But more importantly, we put a community kitchen so that if you're buying food, we can show you how to cook food upstairs. Mm -hmm. And we also want to do some classroom space and work with our partners around career development in the food system, right? Right. And just because we can and it makes sense on that third floor, we want seniors housing. 
seniors know a little bit about cooking from scratch. We figure that they could share and it could be an intergenerational experience in our garden space. And everywhere we can, we will have places where we grow food. So a demonstration garden, perhaps a garden on the roof, food walls, aquaponic growing. So it is a food hub for learning and changing your relationship with food right in our neighborhoods. That is so exciting. Oh, my gosh. I can feel feel the energy. And this concept of a hub is is a term that you hear um, now and again. But but tell us a little bit more about that. It's about becoming a kind of a, a, of a center or a um, uh, building that sense of place from a specific location that becomes a resource for people, right? Mm-hmm. Let's, yes. let's unpack that concept a little bit because it's really powerful what you're doing. So we have a geographically defined space of which there's a thoroughway, which is Market Street, and what we and between Euclid Avenue and the 15 Freeway. Okay. And there are eateries that are already there. Uh, on the west side, there would be a Costco. On the east side, in terms of retail, there's Food for Less. But then we have these small eateries in between. We think that the small eateries should buy our food. They should buy mm-hmm. our greens. And in fact, the restaurant next door, it's a soul food restaurant, mm-hmm. barbecue. Hmm. They buy our greens from occasion and put it on their menu. So we're looking at integrating. You know the quality of the food. You see it growing. You're interacting with this food. But then you see it on other levels. It's not just in the garden. But you're buying it. You're consuming it at the restaurants. So it's connecting in the ways that we can the function of food in a geographically defined space. We adhere to this what we call regenerative placemaking back in the 40s. This neighborhood of Mount Hope, where we are, was all farms. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right? So now, Mount Hope, what you might know it most for is there's a lot of cemeteries, (laughs) right? Motorcycle clubs. And then this garden appears, and we get a we get a thumbs up now for being in the neighborhood. Not always the case, but now it's mm-hmm. people see what we're doing, and they're coming out to our community work days. Uh, it's just a good transforming, if you will, of space, and we hope it will have an economic, uh, social, and a political impact on our area. Right. In a way, Mount Hope is a an amazing name for for the place right. <laughs> where you're based. It's really it's kind of powerful. It's that feeling of, you know. Going to the top of the mountain mm-hmm. and, and, you know, spreading the good word. I, I love it. That's really, really exciting. And, you know, I was watching some videos about some of your programs, and I'm curious about some of the younger people that participate in your programs. Are, are we able to really kind of span all of the generations and include seniors and working people and young people, too? I'm going to leave that here because I know that on a weekly basis we are doing things with various kinds of groups. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, the garden is an interesting intergen- intergenerational space um, where all kinds of people come by, hmm. whether those who, that are more consistently used to coming to the garden or people just walking by that are kind of curious and interested and want to check out what's going on. Um, yeah, we have master gardeners that tend to be on the older end of the spectrum that come and um, and help out and garden and give advice and then we've got uh, schools, like little homeschool groups that come to the garden. A lot of uh, uh, trace program, life program, students with disabilities that come and help us out with whatever needs being helped out with. Um, so all kinds of people from all kinds of abilities. And uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a space for everybody to learn and to, to grow together. 
Are you looking for people to come and volunteer? It, it, would that be a benefit to the group to have um, it, more people looking, you know, into volunteering their time or talents? Yes, completely. We okay. are always in need of of more hands to to get things done. It's a collaborative effort, definitely. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> um, something that I've learned being in this position is that uh, you know, as much energy as one person has, it can't happen without you know a whole community behind it. Yeah. So yeah, we are always there Tuesdays and Thursdays. At the garden, um, uh, from about eight a.m. to ten p.m. Uh, ten a.m. Um, a little bit later than that too. Our volunteer groups mm-hmm. tend to get there around nine thirty p. or nine thirty a.m. So any time in that morning period on Tuesdays and Thursdays is great. Yeah. Okay. And I'm thinking about all the things you both have touched on today: the the garden, the 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 kind of the volunteer program, bringing very diverse people to the gardens and, and to um, the Mount Hub area to get involved in new ways. Um, the idea of, of partnering with local uh, grocery stores and eateries to to use your products. These are a lot of points of connection, you know, different dimensions to to your mission. I, I really find it fascinating. It's a very, uh, very multifaceted concept of of home or mm-hmm. one's neighborhood and and even a way of defining health really wellness you know like mm-hmm. you feel good when when i know i do i i think it's not just me right you feel good when you take the time to be in the in the garden and get your hands in the dirt and mm-hmm. see what's growing and and what the weather has done to the you know the the crop since you last checked and things like that so mm-hmm. It's a really beautiful thing. And um, do you find that, that people get excited, as both of you are, about about this work by being in the garden and getting involved? Yes, definitely. I think it's a very transformative, a transformative space, like you were mentioning. Um, and people's excitement, it's just – it can't be held in when they enter the space. And we start telling them about what we're, we're growing. And, and then it connects them to what they are accustomed to in terms of food. So – um, my my dad used to grow tomatoes, or my grandma used to grow this beautiful corn, and mm-hmm. stories just come out of it. And uh, yeah, you see people's faces light up when you when you see them there. That's really beautiful, you know. Thinking mm-hmm. about family ties, about about the cultures that they identify with, um, their own bodies, you know, because we kind of uh, we we have habits of what tastes good to us, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes people are reluctant mm-hmm. to try something new, but. If you're in a situation, I can see where it's like if, if one is somebody's never tried um, um, collard, mm-hmm. I try it. You know, mm-hmm. I happen to like any leafy greens, but you know, <laughs> it's fun to have opportunities to learn something new and mm-hmm. connect with people and you know different uh, kinds of of cuisine, like you know Asian cuisine and knowing how to use lemongrass, for example, yeah. or whatever the case may be. It's it's fun to learn something new. Totally. I think some of the best experiences have been when small children come to the garden. And they're used to maybe going through the grocery store with their parents to watch a person eat a strawberry for the first time. Just their facial expression. Wow. And children are very expressive. It's just a really, it's a cool thing. Mm -hmm. That is so exciting. It just brings a smile to my face to think about that because that flavor in your tongue just kind of explodes in a really good way. That's really great. Well, well, gosh. So, if um, if we had to really kind of summarize some ideas or feelings you'd like to leave our listeners with, how how would you summarize Project New Village and what's going on right now for you guys? Well, I'd say that we're really trying to use food to reconnect our community. There's a lot of social justice uh, challenges facing the my neighbors, uh, the folks in the neighborhood, and this is one way to kind of uh, feel good 
to unwind from stress. Uh, we look at it, as, again, as a place of healing, place of exploration, and that's good any day of the week uh, when we're paying attention to the news and what's going on other places. It's a, it's a, it's a good place to be and hang out with other people of goodwill. Yeah. yeah. Belinda, what about you? Could you reiterate what you said? Sure. I just was thinking about, you know, um, if you could call out for our listeners that w- the, those aspects of Project New Village that you, you really want them to remember um, some idea or, or concept that really sums it up for you mm-hmm. and your, your experience with, with Project New Village. Mm. I want to say the community-orientedness of the organization, um, that this is a space for people who with, who live within this geographic region. Um, yeah, there are a lot of organizations that do all kinds of good work within San Diego. And Project New Village really focuses on this particular area with this particular lens toward food, food justice, urban agriculture. Um, so if anybody is interested or curious about strengthening their relationship to food that are within this area, it's about transforming this area through those folks that are interested in, and wanting to engage more. That's so cool. Transforming the area and also transforming themselves, Correct. right? Yeah. Which is which is the energy I always get when Diane talks about about what you guys are doing. You know, you you uh, you just see how when people when we combine our energies and focus on really good goals, mm-hmm. really great things can happen, and mm-hmm. it's worth it's worth the effort. You know, so I just really mm-hmm. want to applaud both of you and and you know with Edible San Diego, we look forward to telling your stories as much as we possibly can and spreading the word. So. So thank, thank you, you both thank you. for thank joining you. us today, yeah. Diane and Belinda. So I wanted to take just a brief moment and share uh, some uh, a cooking tip. You know, as part of this podcast, I, I, I do try to cook a little bit every week. Not quite every day, but pretty much almost every day. And one of the things I've learned over time is that if you're going to take a minute and, and do some, some cooking at home, you might as well cook a little extra because – for sure, later that week, there's going to come a time of day when you're really hungry and really tired or stressed or just just really have kind of had a difficult moment. And the, sometimes the last thing you want to do is, is like cook a, a complicated meal. So this new term that I use now is called batch cooking, which simply means cooking a slightly larger portion than what you're going to eat at that time. And it's, it's not a new idea. I know, you know, when I was growing up, leftovers were always just kind of, you know, I mean, that's what we called them then. My my son, when he's wanting to tease me, calls it used food, <laughs> right? But the the concept with batch cooking that I wanted to encourage our listeners to try is to um, to plan ahead just a little bit, you know, like think ahead what your next week is going to look like, and wherever you're able to get some food that day, whether it's at the local farmers market or your backyard or some neighbor that has a lot of a certain kinds of produce that they were able to give to you, or if you went grocery shopping. Think about about what your next week is going to be like and and maybe pick a dish or two that you can make ahead of time so that later that week you'll have something kind of ready to go. So sometimes if I can, I'll, I'll put a chicken in the crock pot or do a double batch of, of chopping up a bunch of vegetables and roasting them and having them ready to, to mix into um, a salad or, or a stir fry later that week. So as I say, it's certainly not a new idea, but it's one way of, of – on the one hand, stretching our food dollars. Um, on the other hand, it's a way of reducing food waste because um, there's a lot of statistics about it. But um, what a lot of us do is when we do go out to shop or procure food, we, 
we tend to be really um, either optimistic or we're very hungry and we, we buy a lot of things and we don't necessarily get around to cooking them or eating them. And then, then it goes bad in the fridge or mm. on the counter. And it's such a shame. I mean, we try to compost at home, but even so, it's it's such a waste when you think about it. And, and the statistics nat- nationally are, I believe, that we waste close to half of all of the food that's produced in the country, which is outrageous, mm-hmm. really. So... In terms of what we could each do in our own life, um, I just want to encourage you to think ahead a little bit um, when you, if whatever day off or time off you might have, get a little bit of food and do a little bit of cooking that where you have extra portions to to use later in the week. And I, I think you might thank yourself and just think, wow, that was really smart that I did that because lunch is ready or dinner is mm-hmm. ready. So anyway, thank you for listening for um, today's issue or episode rather of uh, Living Local San Diego. And once again, I wanted to thank my guests, Diane Moss and Belinda Ramirez from Project New Village, and also to thank Specialty Produce for sponsoring this podcast.